Welcome in all you football addicts out there to the Football Addicts Anonymous podcast. It's a pretty good Monday. Nice and sunny outside as as seen with Logan's beautiful background there. Marquette campus. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> sunny Milwaukee. It's a little different here in New York right now. It, it was actually snowing all day today, so <laughs> not the best weather for March, especially the end of March. Well, I was surprised it stayed sunny all day because we had that, uh, was it Thursday or Friday? I don't remember which one it was last week where it was sunny on my walk into the law school. And then when I left to go get lunch, it was overcast. I'm like, bro, come on. I wore my sunglasses today. But anyways, uh, we got a, we got a pretty good show today. Uh, luckily some stuff happens today. Uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. it would have been like a 30-minute show. <laughs> so, um, But, yeah, we got some stuff to talk about, some general news, some signings. Uh, a lot of your Jets Jets getting some business done today, Chris. Um, so yep. we'll talk about those deals, and then we'll finish the show with the Cardinals and Cowboys mock drafts. Um, I am giving an ode to the Cardinals with my uh, Super Bowl forty three. Uh, jersey, San Antonio Holmes jersey. Um, You're just giving them more heartbreak, reminding them of that moment. Well, it was either that or I was going to wear my Eagles stuff to uh, rival the Cowboys, and I, I didn't do that. So, <laughs> But anyways, uh, let's get this thing going here. Starting off, we have uh, the last... Actually, we still need to find figure out who his partner is. But we have one of the last broadcasting maneuvers that had to happen with uh, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman going to Monday Night Football, Al Michaels, and uh, Kirk Herbstreit filling in the Thursday Night Football slot on Amazon Prime. So we were wondering who's going to fill in Joe Buck and Troy Aikman's seats for Fox Sports' number one broadcast crew. We found out who the play-by-play person is going to be. That is uh, Kevin Burkhart will move up to the number one slot for Fox Sports. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to remember. I, I can't remember what he sounds like, but uh, I, do, I did look up, uh, read the little article on Twitter about him. Started out, uh, he was actually a car salesman uh, while his broadcasting crew was floundering in the wind. And then he finally uh, finally got a chance with his local news station and did, did sports for them. And then uh, Fox Sports brought him on as uh, the Mets. Actually, he was the Mets sideline reporter mm-hmm. for a couple years um, until he got the football role with Fox Sports. So I have heard, though, um, Panthers Bill on Twitter, who is the Panthers beat writer, uh, he mentioned about that it's a, a strong possibility that Greg Olson will join Kevin Burkhardt in the number one uh, slot for Fox as well. I hadn't heard that, but that was a name that did pop into my head when you asked who would be joining him. Because, I mean, he's he already has been in the booth. And, uh, I mean, I don't really remember any of the games that he did, but... Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm I've sure liked him. being a recent former player helps. I mean, we see that with Tony Romo, so yeah. 
Yeah, I was a little disappointed. I I was hoping that they were gonna put uh, Charles Davis in the number one slot. Uh, I enjoyed watching uh, Charles Davis broadcasted games, but uh, they went with Kevin Burkhart instead. So, um, Detroit is a big big day for Detroit. Uh, they got two two major announcements for them. Uh, I know our friend at, at Marquette Law. Tyrese Den- Denson there, big Lions fan. I'm, I know he was happy when I talked to him about the first thing here. So it was announced today the Lions will be featured on this season's uh, episodes for Hard Knocks with training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be something to watch Dan Campbell, man, on Hard Knocks. <laughs> yeah. I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch that. Um I mean, they are among one of the worst teams in the league, at least coming into the season. Who knows how they're going to do next season. But, yeah, Dan Campbell alone makes me want to watch that show. I don't remember the last time. I mean, I really haven't watched that show in a long time. Mm -hmm. The last time I really paid attention to it was when the Jets were featured with Rex Ryan because that was quality (laughs) television there. But, uh yeah, it was. I don't know if you saw this part, but I was reading the article when I saw the uh, announcement come up. But it said that the Lions were one of three teams that could not refuse the invitation to be on the show. I think it was them, the Eagles, and the Jets. But it didn't explain why. It just said that it was part of the agreement with the league or something like that. But it didn't explain why it was those three teams specifically that couldn't turn it down this year. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I had not heard about that. But uh, yeah, I, I, when I was talking to Tyrese this morning, I was we were trying to think who else would be like, you know, big stars on there, and um, T.J. Hawkinson should be very very good on that that show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure about what other characters they have. I know Tyrese mentioned about uh, Jamal Williams is is pretty weird, so that might mm-hmm. be that might be a, a an avenue for him to to so show himself on on there. Um, and defensively, uh, I'm not sure how big of a personality Jeff Okuda has, uh, but I was thinking I was thinking, thinking the Okwara brothers might be pretty good. Um, yeah. And possibly, I think Tracy Walker is pretty vocal as well, mm-hmm. um, especially um, since he he's got some deep pockets now with that new contract he got from yeah. Detroit. Um, wait, correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't the Rams featured on this a few years ago? Mm-hmm. And yeah. was that with Jared Goff at quarterback? Yes. So he's a returning uh, player to the show. So he might know the ins and outs of how things run. And I don't know if he's going to, I don't think he necessarily, I don't think he necessarily will be good television, but he might help the other players that we just mentioned kind of play it up a little bit. Yeah. Jared Goff's going to be terrible. (laughs) I mean, uh, I'm just sad that uh, the lions don't have David Blau anymore because Usually there's always a backup quarterback. Like when the Cowboys were on it this past season, uh, it was, um, you know, 
they had Dak talk some t- a bunch, but then like Cooper Rush was actually pretty good as well. Um, him and Garrett Gilbert together were all were pretty good TV. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm wondering, Tim Boyle, man, Tim Boyle, <laughs> Packers legend, Tim Boyle. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I don't know too much about Tim Boyle and and his personality though. That's what that's why I didn't mention him because I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll see who else who else they have at quarterback then going into camp as well. Behind yeah, I was going to say, if they somehow shocked the world and decided to draft one of the quarterbacks number two overall. 32. I think 32. 32, they're going to get one. Well, that too. I think so, that would be a very big focus in the hard knocks. Yeah. I think DeAndre Swift could also be very good. Um, so... Yeah, another guy who's going to steal the the show, Jamal Williams, another yeah. former Packer legend. He is huge personality guy. He's going to soak up a lot of attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mentioned it was a big day for Detroit all around because they also got a draft uh, handed to oh, them. Yeah. They Detroit is going to host the 2024 NFL Draft. We announced last show the Chiefs got next year's draft, 2023. So the Lions will be the year after that, uh, 2024. So big opportunity for Detroit to show itself these next two years um, and maybe even improve on the field as well to, to build momentum. You know, I do mm-hmm. like what uh, Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes uh, have been doing in Detroit, kind of patching things up at the beginning, trying to build through the draft with uh, acquired draft picks. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> personally, I'm loving that they're utilizing all the teams in the league here with these drafts in the last couple of years. Obviously, being from New York, New Jersey area, I loved that it was always in Radio City for all those years because majority of the fans there were Jets and Giants. So it was kind of fun for me, for me, Jets fan, to hear all the boos every time one of the players was announced or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I also, I mean, we went to the one in Philly, and it was just as cool there in Philly. Yeah. And I also like that they're kind of giving these smaller market teams the spotlight. Like, they did it in Cleveland. Was that this past year, right? Yeah. And then now they're doing it in Kansas City next year and Detroit the year after. Obviously, Kansas City is one of the best teams, so they don't really count. But on a normal year, if they weren't that great, nobody would care about them so having the draft there in kansas city i think was cool obviously they're doing it in vegas this year so that's just to kind of show off the new stadium and the new location and all that but the draft other than that though i like that they're doing it at all these places the the draft on the bellagio fountains this year is going to be absolutely amazing uh Mm -hmm. but i think the loser the loser in this which I don't know how far in advance if it's only two years. The loser in all of this is Green Bay, though. Right, Logan? Because Green Bay was the yep. third city with Detroit and Kansas City that were up for the next couple drafts. So I don't know if they're going to give the 2025 draft to Green Bay or if they're going to wait and just do two drafts at a time. Yeah, you know, I'm a little sore. A little sore about it. I was hoping it's going to be in Green Bay, the new title town district. But, uh... I mean, good on good on Detroit. Um, you know, I think like you said, and I think that 
depending on what they do in this draft with picks 2, 32, and 34, this is a team that is going to be on the come up and they're going to be very active in the draft both this year and next year. So I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good for them uh, to be in that spotlight. Uh, going over to the AFC, uh, the Bills, they have a new place. They, uh, uh, the Pagula Sports Group announced the new stadium deal for the Buffalo Bills. It is a 30-year deal, $1.4 billion stadium planned for Orchard Park, New York, um, 62,000-seat stadium, 2026 tentative completion date for that. Uh, I was just blown away by the 30-year thing. Uh, I know that's, yeah. that's you know, that's stadium. That's a huge commitment for that. But, yeah, I, I, I would think it would have been, like, you know, 20, 25 maybe. But, yeah, 30, 30-year deal for the new stadium of the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. <clears throat> It's funny because, again, I'm a Jets fan. Bills are in the Jets division. And I'm in a bunch of Jets like fan groups on Facebook and Twitter and all this other stuff. The Jets fans that I've seen are outraged over this because I know a lot of Jets and Giants fans that hate MetLife Stadium and want a new stadium so badly. And now they're jealous of the Bills getting a new stadium. I personally don't mind MetLife. I like MetLife. They just built but, MetLife in, like, 2017. <laughs> it was 2009, but yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It feels like it was 2017. MetLife. Yeah, but, yeah, but still. Uh, yeah. Fans are just annoyed. Like, a lot of the New York Jets fans are annoyed that the stadium's in New Jersey. Oh, well. But, whatever. <laughs> the, the, the Giants, I, I think are the only two of the New York Jets and Giants. I think the Giants were the only one of those two teams that have actually ever played in New York historically. I think the Giants used to play in uh, in actually in New York State before they moved uh, to the Meadowlands with the Jets. Well, the Jets played at Shea, where the Mets used to play. Is that in New York? Queens. Okay. But the Buffalo Bills are the only team actually located in New York, um, for those that don't know that. So, <laughs> yeah, but I, I like it. Uh, they, they needed a new home. It would not, I don't think, I think it would have been very bad publicity for the NFL uh, if the Bills would have been forced to move. So I, I think it's good to keep Buffalo, the Bills in Buffalo. Yeah, big win. Big win for the Bills Mafia faithful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the St. Louis Bills doesn't doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we have a an old face back. I don't know if he's been in the NFL still. I haven't really noticed if he's had any jobs re- lately, but. Uh, the Colts, Frank Reich hiring former Panthers and Bears head coach John Fox as a mm-hmm. senior defensive assistant. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, good, good for I Frank Reich. I heard of him since he got fired the last time, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, hey, he took the Panthers to a Super Bowl. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> and what, what, wasn't he the Broncos head coach, too, at, when they went to the Super Bowl? Or no? Uh yeah he was he won did he he won Super Bowl fifty with them mm-hmm. um oh he wasn't the Bears head coach I don't know why I said that he 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 was with the Bears though mm-hmm. uh, yeah no the Broncos twenty eleven to fourteen yeah. Oh, yeah, because he got fired before they won the Super Bowl. He took them to Super Bowl 48. And then got blown out. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then the, the Broncos won Super Bowl 50 in, I think that was 2015 season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, he was... Oh no, he was the Bears head coach. I knew he see. Twenty fifteen to twenty seventeen he was the Bears head coach. But yeah, he hasn't had a job since then, since twenty seventeen in the NFL. So back back to the league for John Fox. Uh but yeah, I mean very, very good defensive minded coach. So it's a it's a, another addition to an already good defense. I mean Mm-hmm. They they are at least top half of the league, if not better. Yeah. Getting up there in years though, he is uh he is sixty seven, so he's like Pete Carroll age. Uh, the Jags are looking for a new center, as uh, their starting center Brandon Linder has retired uh a pretty decent career for linder i believe all with the jags could be wrong this is why um you know this is why we have wikipedia mm-hmm. if i don't I know a whole lot about him so i don't know yeah 2014 draft pick Third round of the Jags. Yeah, 2014 to 2021 with the Jags. All all with the Jags. So, uh, 84 career starts. In Mm. his career. But again, I mean, yeah, not many people probably know about him because he played for the Jags all his whole career. And he he wasn't, he wasn't the top, top center. Mm-hmm. Any any of those years, so, but again, I think he was a pretty good player. Played on some very mm-hmm. very bad teams, but also, I mean, he got to the AFC Championship there in twenty seventeen. So, mm-hmm. his high um, highest point. Now, I I wonder if this changes their draft plans at all. Like, do they go offensive line now with that number one overall pick? Well, it's a center. They, I know, but. but I mean, they have, they probably have somebody that could play center, but draft somebody like Aquanu or, well, yeah, I guess Aquanu is probably the best 
option to be an interior lineman. Um, or they can go out and sign the guy from the Browns. I can't think of his name right now. Jadavion Clowney? No, the offensive (laughs) lineman. Uh, Actually, I think the center. J.C. Treader or whatever. J.C. Treader is an option, yeah. The president of the Players Association, so. Yeah, well, I I always thought that they still should have drafted – they still should draft an offensive lineman. They they need pass rush. That's, you know, unquestioned. They, they do need pass rush as well, uh, considering behind Josh Allen and uh, Caleb on chase on, there is nothing. Absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. Uh, but if you're really trying to build around Trevor Lawrence, you can build the defense later. Or, like I said, I just mentioned a guy that you can get on the cheap right now in Jadavian Clowney. So, um, and he's already familiar in a 3-4 system like he played in in Houston. So, uh, but my thing was draft the tackle at one because the tackle class is not as deep as the pass rush class. So you can get a pass rusher at 33 still that will be probably in the second tier of pass rushers, I would say. Uh, because that's how deep it is. But that's just me. And, and you can slide. Again, I don't know why they why they franchised Cam Robinson for a second time. Dumbest move this offseason. But slide Cam Robinson into guard. And then, uh, you know, you can put the rookie at left tackle. You have Jawan Taylor at right tackle. Not the best, but good enough. And then if you can get, like you said, Chris, J.C. Treader, I mean, that would be a solid interior three. Robinson at left guard, Treader at center, and they signed Brandon Sheriff to play right guard. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a solid interior offensive line for, for the Jags if they can do that. Yeah. And we all know that they really are desperate for the offensive line help because Trevor Lawrence couldn't stay on his feet last year. Yeah, he got, he got pounded. A lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and I mean, even, even if they wait even longer to get more pass rush help until the third round, and someone I highly doubt he would be available. But if Tyler Linderbaum falls to thirty three, I mean, mm. you have to <laughs> at that point. Um. But again, like you said, it, it depends what happens in the in the next couple of weeks if they do go get a JC Treader to fill that slot. Well, just like a quick side note with the Tyler Linderbaum thing, if he does somehow slip to the late first round, I don't know if the Jags have the capital, but they could also trade up for him late in the first round, especially if they want that fifth year option. Um. They do have two third-round picks that they could trade one of those to go up a few spots. Yeah, there are three interior linemen uh, slotted to go from picks about 20 to 32. I'm thinking Zion Johnson, Tyler Linderbaum, and Kenyon Green that they could potentially move up and get um, and perhaps move them to center or have them play guard and maybe move 
um, sure for somebody else to center. But they have flexibility, I think. Um, I don't think they have to take a tackle at one. Um, they could if they want to. Um, but, yeah. I'm hoping they take Equanu so I make 60 bucks. I hope they do too because that leaves a lot more flexibility for the Jets at four. Uh, but also, if they wanted to go the reverse of what I said and wait on the center in the draft and take a pass rusher at 33, there's a guy out of Chattanooga, Cole Strange, who played very well at the Senior Bowl. Guard transitioned to center at the Senior Bowl and played played well there. Um, so that could be an option in the mid-rounds there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The this was the only restricted free agent offer sheet I believe in the league this off season. Uh, the Bears had put out an offer sheet on Bills offensive tackle Ryan Bates, and uh, people thought that the Bills weren't gonna match the offer sheet um, for him, but they did today. Uh, don't have the exact details, but I did see that uh, Ryan Bates is getting a new four-year deal from Buffalo, uh, which was what the offer sheet was from the Bears. So, waiting on the numbers, but uh, I don't think it would be too much, you know, for a, for a swing tackle there in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, other re-signings here. The Saints re-signed their number two wide receiver, uh, Traquan Smith, two years, six million dollars, two million guaranteed. Uh, yeah. Weirdly enough, Traquan was—he—he he didn't get anything near what the other receivers were getting <laughs> on the open market. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's... I was—I was kind of surprised to see him still out there because um, <clears throat> I think he filled in rather nicely as the number one target. Um, over the last year plus. Um, I mean, granted, the second half of last year, he really didn't have a quarterback to throw to him. But, like, when Jameis Winston was in the first half of the year, I think he played really well. Severely disappointed in fantasy. I absolutely hated Jacob Smith. I started him a couple times, and he got, like, no points. So... That was very annoying. <laughs> also had a couple games where I, I had bet on his his props. Didn't meet them at all. I'm thinking about the Seattle game. That was absolutely terrible. One of the worst games of the year. <laughs> the Saints and Seahawks. Uh, where no one could score at all. So, <laughs> yeah. But he lands back in New Orleans, gets another shot next couple years to play with Jameis once again. Uh And your Jets, Chris, signed two kickers. I was surprised. It was weird. So, over the weekend, yesterday I think it was, they announced they signed Cowboys kicker Greg Zerline. Uh I was like, dang, the Jets got a player, a kicker now. All right. But then today, though, they go ahead and re-sign restricted free agent kicker Eddie Pinheiro as well. One year, $2.75 million. 
So, is there going to be a battle, Chris? And if so, who is going to win in training camp? See, I <clears throat> I was kind of confused with the Greg Zerline signing because I had heard that they had already moved forward with Pinheiro as their kicker. So, yeah, I think that they're just signing Zerline as insurance slash, um, like, a, to push Pinheiro because I think – Eddie Pinheiro actually performed really well for the Jets last year. And, yeah, Zerline's a good kicker, but he's nowhere near the kicker he used to be when he was with the Rams. So I think he's more of a – like, he's getting signed based off of name alone rather than performance. And I think, yeah, Zerline's main purpose is just to push Pinheiro, and ultimately I think that's – that Pinero is going to win the job, but I mean, we'll have to see, but yeah. Yeah. Weird situation. Uh, I mean, you can never have enough kickers, I guess. Especially with the Jets. <laughs> they haven't had a reliable kicker since Nick Polk. So that worked out very they've well. They've been struggling for a couple of years. That worked out very well. The Nick Folk thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, some free agent signings from the weekend here. The Chiefs added to their running back room, signing Bucks running back Ronald Jones to a one-year deal. Uh, I feel like the Chiefs are starting to become like the Patriots, where they just sign a running back every year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now they have they have Ceh, uh, Ronald Jones. Who else they got? I don't even know because they cycle through them so often. It is funny, though, that he ended up getting a job. I believe that happened on Friday night after we were done with the show and after we had talked about him because we were talking about Leonard Fournette down in Tampa. So, yeah, so they have... Of course, after that. So they have CEH, Rojo, Derek Gore, and Tennessee legend Brendan Knox. <laughs> So they actually don't have that much quality depth, actually. I, I thought they had more, but I guess a lot of those guys were on one-year deals or expiring contracts, so. Yeah. They do have... I have a feeling I'm going to... What? I have a feeling I'm going to like Rojo's value in late late rounds of fantasy drafts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, considering CEH's injuries issues last year... Um, you know, they do have the amazing Michael Burton at fullback, who they signed from the Saints this year. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Rojo could be interesting. Um, again, Ceh just has not. You know, they drafted in the first round a couple years ago, and he just has not been that guy <laughs> for them. Hasn't been able to carry the load. For a whole season. So. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles signed Chargers linebacker Kaiser White to a one-year deal. I was happy about that. Uh, it's not a flashy signing. He did lead the Chargers in tackles, I believe, the last two seasons. So, um, pretty good linebacker. I'm still kind of salty they let Alex Singleton. They didn't resign him. 
Um, and then he goes to the Bears, I think, is where he landed. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Eagles have shown they don't they don't prioritize off-ball linebackers, so this is what mm-hmm. they do almost every year. They sign a cheap veteran to play play linebacker for them. So. Yeah. Uh, and then your Jets today, Chris, signed Raiders defensive lineman Solomon Thomas to a one-year deal. Nice, uh, you know, value yeah. signing there. Yeah, it's a depth signing, and that's a familiarity thing because he played for Salah's defense in San Francisco. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, like I said, they're not signing him to be the premier piece, so I kind of like the signing. Obviously, Thomas hasn't lived up to his expectations being, what was he, the number two or number three overall pick? The year he was drafted, yeah, three. Uh, yeah, that was the draft, we draft. Out, wasn't it? In our draft, yeah, number three overall, yeah. So obviously he hasn't lived up to those expectations, but I think he'll be a solid depth piece, especially like I said, being in a familiar system. Yeah, he had a good year last year uh, with the Raiders under um, Gus Bradley. I think was their defensive coordinator last year. So. Uh, the Falcons today signed a wide receiver, Bengals wide receiver, Alden Tate. Uh, been a nice, you know, four or five option for the Bengals the last couple of seasons. Has added value in the return game, too. Returns punts and kicks. So, uh, that could be a piece uh, to kind of, you know, decrease the, the wear and tear on Cordero Patterson. Because I know Patterson was returning kicks uh, especially late in the year for Atlanta. So uh-huh. maybe kind of helping out him a little bit there in the return game. Um, and then the Vikings today, they signed uh, Dolphins offensive lineman Jesse Davis. 72 starts over five years in Miami. I I really like Jesse Davis. Uh, nice interior piece for them. Can play guard yeah. and center, I believe. He's He's a... Natural fit at guard, but I think he does have versatility to play center. Um, and the Vikings were another team that needed some interior O-line help this offseason, especially transitioning to Kevin O'Connell's offense. Um, so I'd have to see. Yeah. Yeah, they, they definitely needed a guard play. I think Jesse Davis might slot in unless they draft a guard uh, because right now without they don't have Davis on here uh, on the depth chart yet because he just signed but they oh no they what the heck I thought he was a guard they have him playing right tackle on the depth chart which is not the case there there's he's a guard I don't know why they put him in the depth chart ahead of Brian O'Neill who is one of the best right tackles in the league <laughs> so yeah he's gonna slot in at right guard i would think uh, ahead of right now they have olise Meka udo as the uh Oli udo as the right guard right now so never even heard of that guy i've heard of him they also have wyatt davis as well mm-hmm. so but yeah 
I think Jesse Davis slides in at right guard. Give Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins some help there. You know, you should know him well, Chris, playing Dolphins last five years. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I don't think he was that. I mean, he was obviously a starter, but he's not a big name guy. So, and plus, the Jets defense never got to the quarterback anyway. So, <laughs> um, and then last thing we have for NFL news here, as I only have one tweet notification so that's good uh actually i have more than that i think a little bit nothing nfl wise though i don't think and gahana ohio is calling me right now that's cool but uh yeah last thing we have nfl news here the patriots they hosted uh former browns and Giants safety jabril peppers for a visit today um I don't know how that would fit, considering all the safeties they have in New England already, uh, re-signing Devin McCourty this offseason. Yeah. They also have Kyle well, Duggar and others. You know, we we mentioned on Friday's show how desperate they are for cornerback help. Not saying that they would do that with Jabil Peppers, but maybe they think somebody that they already have at safety could be converted or has the flexibility to play corner. So I don't know. Yeah. I think he, I think what Bill's looking at is, is, uh, converting him to a linebacker. That's it. Yeah. When, when preppers was coming out of, uh, Michigan, they had him playing all over the place. So, yeah, I think that probably he'll transition to kind of like a weak side linebacker role, kind of similar to what Washington wanted to do with Landon Collins. Um, well, I Mark, think that's probably where he'll. What Mark Barron did. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, mm-hmm. he, when Mark Barron played for the Steelers and, and before that, the Rams, he also played linebacker for the Rams as well. Uh, so. Okay, that is all the NFL news had today. Nice, uh, nice 40-minute segment there. Would have been way mm-hmm. shorter if none of that stuff would have happened today. But, uh, all right, finish off the show here uh, with our mock draft continuing. So we have the Cardinals and Cowboys. Cardinals uh, both own their own picks in the first three rounds. Cardinals 23rd overall in the first, 55 in the second, 87 in the third. Cowboys one pick behind them in each round, 24, 56, and 88. So we're going to have back-to-back picks in all three rounds. And I was talking to someone today, and I was like, yeah, I have no clue what the Cardinals need. So luckily... The mock draft network is going to tell us what they need. Because <laughs> again, I have... Cardinals always need corners. That's what I do know. Yeah, they got a few needs. They need corner. Uh, Chandler Jones is gone. They need edge help. Um, they got whooped in the uh, in the playoffs up front, so they need some O line help. Um, they need a wide receiver. Christian, yep, Christian Kirk's gone. Need wide receivers, so. 
Okay, uh, so we got Aiden Hutchinson at one to the Jags, Kyle Hamilton to the Lions at two, Evan Neal to the Texans at three, your Jets, Chris Ikemekwanu at four, Charles Cross to the Giants at five, Kayvon Thibodeau to the Panthers at six, Trayvon Walker, Giants at seven, Falcons go get a quarterback, Malik Willis at eight, thank you Falcons, uh, Derek Stingley to the Seahawks at nine, Ahmad Gardner to Chris's Jets at ten. I like that. Uh, Jameson Williams to the Commanders at 11. Andrew Boot to the Vikings. Jermaine Johnson for the Texans. Trent McDuffie to the Ravens. Garrett Wilson for the Eagles. Zion Johnson to the Eagles. Trevor Penning for the Chargers. Drake London to the Saints. That is a... That's a pick right there for the Saints. Kyrie Elam for the Eagles. Jordan Davis for the Steelers. Devin Lloyd for the Patriots. George Karloftis for the Packers and the Cardinals. Look at that. Corner's our number one need. Uh, how about we take Kenny Pickett? <laughs> they might need to with all these <laughs> Kyler rumors. <laughs> That's the thing, though. At this point of the offseason and with where everyone went, Kyler has nowhere to go. That's a, there's, there's literally no other – there's no place for him to go, even if he wanted out of Arizona. I mean, he could go to your Panthers. Yeah, but the Cardinals would ask for the same price that, that Deshaun Watson was, I would assume. Yeah. Knowing knowing how Steve Keim is from my hometown area, uh, we are hard-headed and stubborn, and I know that Steve Keim would, would do that kind of thing. Um, so... There are no corners <laughs> available. So we're going to go edge, I guess. Or we can go wide receiver. The top edge is Boye Mafe at 32. Uh, we also have David Ojabo coming off torn Achilles. Probably not even going to play half to three quarters of the season. If yeah. the whole season at all. Uh, well, wide receiver is the next one. So we do have three here. How do we feel about those three? I mean, out of those three, I think my favorite is Chris Olave there. Um, but they do need to replace Christian Kirk, who I believe was the slot guy, right? But they already have a slot mm-hmm. guy. They drafted Rondell Moore. Yep. I forgot about him, so never mind about the slot thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree um, with Clip. I I agree with Olave though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Olave is a better fit because um, Traylon Burst is kind of that power slot guy, mm-hmm. um, and since they already kind of have, I mean, Rondell Moore is short, but he's kind of a power slot guy in how rocked up frame he is, and how you know there was that stuff circulating about him you know, squatting like 500 pounds and stuff. So um, I think they got slot, um, you know, set. I think Chris Olave could be that kind of outside X receiver slash deep threat yeah. um, that they could use. Yeah, they need another outside to replace A.J. Green. Um, and I think they they also need a possession receiver over the middle because, you know – Nuke, Nuke is the jump ball 
big body receiver. And then, you know, like kind of said, Moore is minuscule and the quick speedster slot guy. So yeah. I think they need I need they think think they need to get Olave over the middle. Even though they do have Ertz at the tight end to help that, but uh, they need that other outside receiver. So Olave to mm-hmm. the Cardinals, 23. Cowboys also need edge rush. Uh, again, none at the top, top. Boye Mafe, though, and uh, David Ojabo down here. Safety, we have a couple. Daxton Hill, Lewis Seen. I don't really see either of those guys as first-round guys, though. Um, they need wide receivers as well. So do we want to go back-to-back wide receivers? You know, they have... Um, what's his face? I am blanking on the, the guy they re-signed. Gallup. Gallup, yeah. their number one wide receiver now. Uh, who is not a number one. <laughs> I will just flat out say that it's not even a a hating on the cowboys thing michael gallup is not a number one receiver uh (laughs) so they should probably go get a number one receiver in my mind and that's trailing burks um well they still have cd lamb yeah true i forgot about cd i always forget about cd uh but still they do need another receiver Losing Cedric Wilson in free agency and trading Amari Cooper. Um, yeah. And I think, I don't know if you want to keep who you want to put in the slot. Because if you don't want to put CD or Gallup in the slot, then we should probably go Jahan Dotson. But if you do want to keep, I would keep CD in the slot. Yeah. And put Traylon Burks on the outside. But yeah, I mean, that's me. if you're going to go receiver, I would definitely go Traylon Burks, but... I don't know. I think that edge is definitely the biggest need. Obviously, the website thinks so, too. And, I mean, you said Boye Mafe is there, and he's the top edge right now. I don't know. I think I might take a chance on him. I think another need that I'm surprised that um, the Draft Network hasn't put on there that I think is pretty big for them is tackle. They lost Lael Collins. Tyron Smith is aging. Um, you know, that O-line isn't what it used to be. I think they could also potentially look at tackle depending on who's there. Yeah, and there aren't any tackles necessarily at the top of the board right now. Um, I think they have a lot of faith in Terrence Steele at right tackle. That's kind of why they... I mean, obviously, they let go of Collins for money-wise, too. But Edge, I don't see as that great of a need, even though it is their number one. They re-signed, which I don't know why they didn't put this on the depth chart. They re-signed Leighton Vanderess, right? I haven't heard. I thought they did. No. Oh, no, he is there. Never mind, never mind. He is there. I'm not seeing things right. But anyways... My thing was is that they re-signed Leighton Vanderess to let Micah Parsons play edge more. So if they they still have Jabril Cox that they drafted last year, who 
you know, Chris, you and I really liked him coming out last year. Mm-hmm. So if they leave Jabril Cox and Van Der Esch at linebacker, off-ball linebacker, they put Parsons at defensive end, they re-signed Demarcus Lawrence, and they also signed Dante Fowler. You know, I think they can go get an edge rusher in the second round. So, I still think it's wide receiver. They did just sign James Washington, but as a Steelers fan, James Washington sucks. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I I would go Traylon Burks probably here. Mm-hmm. Granted, they do need safeties. They did re-sign J. Ron Curse and Malik Hooker. Donovan Wilson is slotted as the free safety right now, but Traylon Burks to the Cowboys. Bills, Tyler Linderbaum, Nakobe Dean for the Titans, Kyler Gordon for the Bucks, Devontae Wyatt to the Packers, Jahan Dotson. That just God, that's such a that's such a fit right there. Jahan Dotson replacing Tyree Kale is just like perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for the Chiefs. Uh Daxon Hill to the Chiefs, Tariq Woolen for the Bengals. Bro, why does this always happen? Kenny Pickett to the Lions at thirty two. Kenyon Green to the Jags, Boye Mafe to the Lions, Lewis Seen to your Jets, uh, Jaquan Brisker, safety run, to the Giants, Jalen Petrie to the Texans, David Ojabo to your Jets, uh, Sky Moore for the Bears, Seahawks get their QB, Desmond Ritter, Bernard Raymond to the Seahawks, Arnold Ebicady to the Colts, Christian Watson for the Falcons, Quay Walker for the Browns, Perry and Winfrey to the Ravens, DeMarvin Leal to the Vikings, Tyler Smith for the Commanders, Sean Ryan for the Bears, Saints get their guy, Matt Corral, uh, Kenneth Walker for the Chiefs, that uh, nullifies the Rojo signing, Cameron Thomas, love that for the Eagles, great edge rusher there, uh, Daniel Fa'alele, also love that for the Steelers, Jamari Salyer, the Packers, Kirby Joseph for the Patriots, and we are back on the cards. So, look at that, we got some corners. Uh... We got one. One corner. <laughs> I think that's what we got to do is take Roger McCreary because he's the only guy near the top of the board. <laughs> yeah, he's probably the best available corner. And <clears throat> that was the only obvious glaring need that the Cardinals have. So, yeah, I'd be good with taking him. Uh, I thought I had the Cardinals depth chart up apparently they don't although who else is available for edge right now logan hall at 64 and josh pascal at 67 yeah so that would be a little bit of a reach so i don't think i'd go with them right now yeah yeah i think you lock in mccreary yeah because corner right now byron murphy is their number one which is fine. They have Marco Wilson, and then a lot of blah. They did get Jeff Gladney, so if that works out, good for them. The other guys are uh, Jace Whitaker, <laughs> Breon Borders, who is a career special teamer, and Nate Brooks. <laughs> Very great corner room right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, see, and I again, I don't think edge rush is as big a need 
Uh, they re-signed a guy that I love in Dennis Gardeck. And then uh, they also have Marcus Golden and Devon Kennard there as the top three edge guys, along with uh, Victor Dimukeje, Dimukeje, or however you say his name. But, yeah, Roger McCrary to the cards. All right, edge rush. Do we want to reach for Logan Hall? Uh, I think or- Logan Hall here is a good – I think that's a good selection, and I think he's a guy that – at least from what I am hearing, teams are pretty high on. At least that's what's being reported in the media. And I think he'd be a great fit for Dallas because he actually has some interior D-line versatility. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, his size, I think he's, I think he weighs in at 275. So he profiles right as an edge at the next level. But at Houston, they did use him a lot in kind of that like three-tech role. So he can go inside, um, especially on pass sets. And they also need some interior D-line help. So I like Hall there, um, depending on what O-linemen are there. could do that, too. Uh, yeah. uh, no tackles. No tackles available. So, yeah, I like Logan Hall to the Cowboys. Stays in Texas. Um, and maybe... I don't know how close the fit is uh, to his former teammate who went in the first round two years ago now. I think it was, 2019. Or that's three years. No, 2020 he got drafted. Peyton Turner with the Saints, or was that last season? That was last year. That was last year. Okay. Yep. Yeah. He snuck into the background back of round one. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, Bills go David Bell, Christian Harris to the Falcons, George Pickens. That's a big dub for Aaron Rodgers. Love that. Love that. <laughs> uh, Anyone would think it was going to be an upgrade for him. Dylan Parham to the Bucks, Darian Kennard for the Niners, Chad Muma to the Chiefs, Nicholas Petit Freer. I've been seeing that a lot in our mocks to the Bengals. Uh-huh. Uh, Damari Mathis for the Broncos, Travis Jones for the Jags, John Mechie to the Lions, Brian Osamoa for the Giants, Darian Kendrick for the Texans, your Jets go Isaiah Spiller. Um, Trey McBride, love that selection for Trevor Lawrence with the Jags. Josh Paschal for the Bears, edge run here. Kingsley Anikbare to the Seahawks, Calvin Austin to the Colts, Drake Jackson for the Falcons, Darian Beavers to the Broncos, Nick Benito for the Ravens, Nick Cross. The Vikings, Zachary Carter to the Browns, Leo Chanel uh, to the Chargers. Why, Texans? No. Davis Mills is the guy. You don't need another quarterback. But they drafted Sam Howell. Anyways. Uh, Brees Hall, Saquon replacement in in New York to the Giants. Uh, Tyson Anderson to the Falcons. No, stop. Stop. The Eagles don't need a quarterback either. <laughs> Carson Strong to the Eagles. Ed Ingram for the Steelers. Mario Goodrich to the Patriots. Cole Strange to the Raiders. Uh, so that negates my... Uh, actually, no, we were talking about the uh, the Jags with Cole Strange. So, But anyways, Cardinals now. There's no edge. There, there's... Sam Williams at 94. <laughs> Seven picks, so it's not that bad. 
uh, if we wanted to go that route. What running backs are on the board? Because they lot. do need one. Well, there was a lot. We always get to the third round, and there's all these tight ends. And we always dra- <laughs> we're always drafting for teams that don't need a tight end. Uh-huh. The Cardinals <laughs> just signed Zach Ertz to an extension. They re-signed Max Williams, so they don't need a tight end. Um, of course, we have all these corners now. We could double down at corner. The, like, like I mentioned, I read the, the list of corners that they have. They, they do need a lot of corners. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the next running back isn't well, is James, James Cook. Cook. James Cook. I'll Which, tell you what, I would love James Cook in that offense. That would be. They got a James Conner as the third down power rusher. James Cook is the finesse guy. It would be almost the exact situation that he had at Georgia with Zamir White. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean that could be an option, but I mean if we're gonna go that far down the board, Sam Williams is just right there. Uh, if we did want to go edge rush. I think there are a lot of options for the Cardinals, though, at this point. Yeah. With all the corners I, I, available, I, the running back. I think for the Cardinals, with this scenario, it's BPA, best player available. And, uh, I mean, because they already filled two of their top three needs. Edge, yes, it's a need, but I don't know if Sam Williams is really the answer there. Um, so I don't Sam know. Williams I, is a good player coming out of Ole Miss, but... I understand there are some off-the-field concerns with him, uh, which may cause him to slip, and I think that's why he's in this spot. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing, I guess, to kind of factor in. Yeah. I mean, I like the two guys above Sam Williams. I like Marcus Jones at corner, and I like James Cook at running back. Those are two of the guys that I would consider here. Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan. I like Elante Taylor too, coming out of Tennessee. He had a he had a nice Senior Bowl, um, did well at the Combine as well. Uh, <clears throat> Sam Williams, I, I think, just, I don't necessarily see him as a three four outside linebacker though. I think he's more of a four three guy, defensive end wise. Uh, could he slide into uh, a defensive end in a three four? Possibly. He would have to bulk up though. The draft network has him at two sixty one. That's a little, <laughs> little light for a defensive end in a three four scheme. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think what it depends on is what the Cardinals want to do in terms of returner, because we've mentioned it however many times. Marcus Jones adds return avil- uh, ability to whatever team he's going to. And right now they have Rondale Moore as both the punt and kick returner. I highly doubt he would be the kick returner. I think that's going to go to Eno Benjamin, who they have as the backup kick returner right now. Uh, But as far as punt returner, they don't have another player at punt returner besides Rondale Moore. So if they want to increase Rondale's offensive snaps, which they're going to have to, obviously, you know, they need the, that slot receiver this year. If we want to take Marcus Jones, he could be the punt returner. And their number two corner. number Well, number three corner, because we already got McCreary and they have Byron Murphy. 
So. I don't know what the final decision is. <laughs> like I said, I'd be good with either Marcus Jones or James Cook, so one of them. Yeah. I think I think you got to go with the guy that can do more things. Even though James Cook can both run and catch the ball, Marcus Jones fills in in two phases of the game instead of just one. Yeah. And Logan knows. Special teams can win you games. Special teams, special teams, special teams. If the Packers used every single draft pick on a core special team this year, I wouldn't even be mad about it. <laughs> All right, Marcus Jones to the Cardinals. Double up on corners there. We don't have any safeties for the Cowboys, unfortunately, for them. Uh, but there is a tackle. Abraham Lucas out of Washington State is available here. Uh, I don't know why they have interior offensive line as a need. Um, because I like their interior offensive line right now. Unless they would, unless they're talking about upgrading Connor McGovern, that would be the only thing I could see. Because other than that, Zach Martin and Tyler Biotis are the other two guys there. Uh-huh. Now, do they have depth? No, there is absolutely no depth to the Cowboys' interior offensive line. Offensive line in general, they don't have any depth. Uh. But, yeah, Logan, they have tackle all the way down as the second to last need. <laughs> yeah. I find it interesting. I find it interesting. Um, you know, Terrence Steele, I feel like if you roll into next season with just Terrence Steele at right tackle and no other plan behind him, I think you could be in trouble. Yeah. Is Abraham Lucas another classic Washington State tackle that he's better at pass pass blocking than run blocking? Well, this says he's good in a power blocking scheme. That <laughs> buddy can play in any scheme. Wow. Uh, and ideal fit in terms of what the draft network sees is right tackle too. So I mean that would work. Uh. We don't have any interior offensive line anyways. So I think that's really the only only thing. Unless, you know, like I said, they re-sign Leighton Vanderesh, but he's on a one-year deal. I don't know why they don't have linebacker on there because they're probably looking at, well, they got Micah Parsons. But like I said, I've heard the Cowboys want to put Micah Parsons on the edge because, I mean, he was so down. He had 11 and a half sacks last year. I think was the number he had. So he's a dominant pass rusher. Why not leave him there? Um, even though he can play both, but you have some really good linebackers available here, uh, in Channing Tindall and one of my favorite guys in the mid rounds, Troy Anderson out of Montana state. So maybe we buck the board and <laughs> go linebacker instead uh, yeah, they don't need a tight end necessarily. They re-signed, uh, or they franchise-tagged Dalton Schultz. 
So they might need a tight end, which we do have all the options in the world at tight end. If they, you know. Their backup tight end is Jeremy Sprinkle right now. Nice. <laughs> and then Sean McKinnon. Sean McKinnon. There's a lot of tight ends there that I would much rather have than Jeremy Sprinkle. So. <laughs> But including yeah. another Jeremy, but I know you're not as high on him, Rusty, but oh, I do no. like Jeremy Rucker. Isaiah Likely is definitely the tight end. Well, yeah, he, he would be the pick, but I'm just saying I do like Jeremy Rucker as well. Um, So we have to fi- we have to make a final decision at some point. <laughs> uh, and why not why not go with, with Logan's option? Take the tackle. Yeah. Tackle depth, man. It's important. Uh, all right, sure. Why not? We've seen it time and time again in the big game. The last two big games, the Bengals couldn't keep Joe Burrow on his feet. And the year before, the Buccaneers were all over Patrick Mahomes. So yeah. offensive is very important. Yeah, for sure. Um, going back to the last couple of picks here. Look at that. James Cook went the, the pick after us. Uh, James Cook to the Bills. That's that's a pick right there. Uh, Jalen Tolbert to the Titans. Kyle Phillips for the Bucks. Uh, that's a I like. I love that pick. Brady's going to have a lot of fun with Kyle Phillips if that happens. Uh, the Packers. Jeremy Ruckert. Alante love Taylor it. to the Niners. That's a good pick. Sam Williams to the Chiefs. Isaiah Likely to the Bengals. They needed a they need a tight end. That's that's a good pick. Josh Williams to the Broncos. Channing Tindall for the Lions. Rasheed Walker for the Saints. Fills uh, the Teron Armstead slot. Kate Otten to the Browns. I don't know why they draft the tight end. They already have David and Joko and Harrison Bryant, but okay. Uh, Spencer Burford to the Ravens. Troy Anderson to the Saints. There you go, Chris. <laughs> uh, Jojo Doman to the Dolphins. Cam Taylor Britt for the Chiefs, Tyreek Smith for the Rams, and Fidarian Mathis to the Niners. So our picks for the Cardinals, Cowboys. Cardinals at 23, Chris Olave, wide receiver, Ohio State. 24, Cowboys, Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Arkansas. 55, Cardinals, Roger McCurry, corner out of Auburn. 56, Cowboys, Logan Hall, edge out of Houston. 87, Cardinals, Marcus Jones, corner out of Houston. And 88 Cowboys, Abraham Lucas, offensive tackle out of Washington State. Cardinals win, hands down. Yeah, they <laughs> definitely have the best out there. Uh, crazy, though, we took two Houston Cougars. We took three Cougars overall. <laughs> and uh, two back-to-back wide receivers. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So... Chris will have those posted at some point. Yep. Um, and that is the show for today. I haven't gotten any uh, any new updates for NFL news-wise. Uh, actually, hold on. So the Brian Flores lawsuit is taking a bit of a turn. Uh, there's two other, two more coaches are going to join him in the lawsuit. Uh, this one tweet doesn't mention who it is. Um, 
who those two people are. But apparently there are also two more teens going to be implicated in the lawsuit as well. Uh, and it says extending all the way up to the ownership level. So uh, who do we who do we know that that could be implicated at the ownership level? <laughs> I got a couple in mind. <laughs> I think uh, one person's initials are DS. Um. <laughs> uh, he lives in DC. Yeah. Team <laughs> uh, is in. But anyways, yeah, that is. That's the uh, only new NFL thing that I saw. Nugget. Uh, but yeah, next Monday we'll be back. Uh, still getting some free agency trickles in. Uh, as yeah, we, some big names still out there. So yeah, as we go through the uh, second wave and third wave of free agency, and we'll also continue our mock draft series. Uh, this Friday we're doing uh, number twenty-five. And 26, that's the Bills and Titans. And then uh, next Monday we'll be on 27 and 29. Skip 28 because that's the Packers' second pick. So we'll be doing the Bucks and the Chiefs uh, with their 29 and 30th overall in the first round as well. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media at FAA Podcasts on Instagram and Twitter. FAAPodcast.com is our website. You can check us out here on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, etc. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you back for Football Friday. See you on Friday.